Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me begin with this fable. Listen to me close. This fable about an eagle that could outfly another eagle, and the other eagle didn't like it. The latter eagle saw a sportsman one day, and he said to him, I wish you would bring that eagle down. Well, the sportsman said, if I could, I could if I had some feathers to put in my arrow. And so the eagle pulled out one of his own feathers and gave it to the sportsman. The arrow was shot, but it didn't quite reach the rival eagle. It was flying too high. The envious eagle pulled out another feather and kept pulling them out until he lost so many that he couldn't fly. And then the sportsman turned around and killed him. And the moral of the story is, if you're jealous, the only man you will hurt is yourself. Some of y'all having a fit because the eagle got killed. (laughs) Y'all like, oh, that's so awful. Lord, help us. If you've been with us, you know Saul was jealous of David. And that jealousy made Saul paranoid. And that paranoia turned to the desire to kill David. First Samuel chapter 18. Get your pen, get your pad ready. First Samuel chapter 18. David held a guitar to worship and Saul held a spear to throw. Saul threw the spear twice. That means that David, that Saul missed twice. That means that David had the opportunity to throw it back twice. But David trusted God to take care of Saul. Saul's sitting in the house with a spear in his hand, and David is thinking, I've seen that spear before. And again, David is playing his guitar with one hand and watching Saul with the other eye. Out of nowhere, here comes another javelin. David probably said, I knew it was too good to be true. Now, if you've been with us, you know that David is at a difficult time in his life. At this point in David's life, he's lost everything. He's lost his position. He's lost his king, his position in the king's army. Uh, If you've been with us in 1 Samuel, say, 18 till now, let me see your hand. Okay, so that's a good number of you. Then you do know, and many of you don't, that at this point in David's life, he's lost everything. He's lost his position in the king's army. He's lost his wife. He's lost his mentor and longtime counselor, Samuel. He's lost his best friend, Jonathan. Last time we were together, we saw that David lost his self-respect as David's life is going down and things can't seem to get any worse. Last time in chapter 21, David is on the run. He's a fugitive and he's running from Saul. He came to a town. Look at chapter 21, right about about verse 1. He came to a town called Nob or Nob. Uh, It means high place. Uh, The tabernacle was located in Nob. Are you listening? The tabernacle was located in Nob. 
The Ark of the Covenant was located in Kirjath-Jerim. Kirjath-Jerim. And where you find the Ark of the Covenant, you're going to find priests. And one particular priest in Nob is a man, a priest by the name of Ahimelech. When David got to Nob in chapter 21, Ahimelech, go ahead and peruse with me. Look at verse 1 and 2. When David got to Nob, Ahimelech said, why are you alone? Why is no one with you? Why would an important man like you be wandering around? Look at verse 2. David starts lying and making up a story, chapter 21. David said, uh, well, I'd love to tell you, but I can't. I'm on a secret mission. Uh, y'all don't have a clearance for this information. Verse 3, David says, I need five loaves of bread and anything else you got. Verse 4 and 5, the priest said, we don't have any common bread. Remember? Y'all remember that? We don't have any common bread or we don't have any holy bread. And we talked about the common bread and we talked about the holy bread. The holy bread would be from the table of showbread. Look at verse 7 of chapter 21. There was a servant of Saul named Doag. Doag means anxiety or fearful. You know, I was telling a friend today, uh, here's a little Bible study tip for you. Whenever you see a name, whether it's a name of a city or a name of a person, look that name up. Look that name up. You'll find, you'll find it to be interesting, actually. And sometimes you'll even find a sermon within a name. So I always, when I'm studying the word, I always look up the name of the city and the name of an individual. So I'm always telling you, for example, Doeg, his name means anxiety. It means fearful. Um, Nob or Nob means high place. Uh, Doeg was the chief herdsman for Saul. He was an Edomite. David probably knew Doeg because they both were herdsmen. When David saw Doeg, he knew his location had been compromised. He knew Doeg would tell Saul and Saul would come looking for him. Well, David asked Ahimelech, is there a spear or a sword that he can take? I want you to look at around verse 8, 9. He says, is there a spear or a sword that he can take? And Ahimelech gave David Goliath's sword. Are y'all with me? And some bread to eat in verse 9. And look at that. I told you that David is in a bad place and going down. Because David, notice, has traded his sling for a Philistine sword. That's telling. David is trusting the Philistine sword more than the shepherd's tool. It feels like he's trading the spirit for the flesh. Well, chapter 21, we left David full of fear and finding refuge with the enemy. And you know things are bad when the enemy seems like friends. Well, chapter 21 and 13 and 14, David's acting like a crazy man so that he can get out of the city and the king will let him leave. That's where we pick up tonight in chapter 22. I've titled this sermon, The Cave of Adullam. 1 Samuel chapter 22, you're going to love this chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 22, look at verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. amen. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the, what saints? Cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his fathers heard it, they went down there to him. Stop right there and give me your attention. At this point, we can't go any further. At this point in David's life, he's been through a lot. One day he's in the field minding the sheep. The next thing, Samuel's whispering in his ear, you're going to be king. He gets married. His in-laws hate him. 
They throw spears at him for sport. He had a heartbreaking goodbye to his only good friend. He had to act like a crazy man and lose all self-respect and leave Achish. David is discouraged, beaten down, tired, weary, and he goes and he hides in the cave of Adullam. Now, remember, David spent many days and many nights in the fields watching his dad's flock. So no doubt David is familiar with his territory, with this territory. David knew all the secret spots. He knew the caves from a young boy. Keep in mind, he couldn't go home. He couldn't go to the palace. He couldn't go to Samuel. He couldn't go to Jonathan. He couldn't go to the house of the Lord. He shouldn't go to the ungodly. So David goes to a cave where he knew he would find safety and refuge. Now, a doulum means refuge. Write it down. A doulum means refuge. But listen, God didn't want a cave to be David's refuge. Please, two people say amen. God did not want a cave to be David's refuge. God wanted to be David's refuge in a time of trouble. You know, many archaeologists believe the cave of Adullam isn't too far from where David had the battle with Goliath in the Valley of Elah. So David is on the run, hiding in the cave of Adullam, and you got to wonder what David was thinking while he's sitting in that cave. He's probably thinking, how did I get here? From a great victory right down the street where I took the head of Goliath off to running around acting like a crazy man to hiding in a cave. Psalm 142, we don't have time to look at it tonight, but Psalm 142 tells us exactly what David was thinking. I want you to do that in your homework. I'm going to give you two homework assignments tonight, and I expect you to do them. I'm going to ask you at communion next week. Amen. Amen. Psalm 142, did you write it down? Tells us what David was thinking while in the cave. Now, we know that God is omniscient, yes? That means that God is everywhere at once. That means that God can speak to you anytime, anywhere. And God often speaks in strange places. I've often heard stories where God spoke to people while they were in the club. I've heard stories about that. Have you ever heard somebody tell you God spoke to me while I was in the club? They might have had a drink in their hand of like Hennessy or something. Y'all looking like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I am going to preach. Y'all acting like y'all know what I, I'm not saying you drink it. I'm saying you know about it. Can we just agree to that? All right. Now, if you drink it, raise your hand. I'm just kidding. I've heard that God, I've heard of people tell me that God spoke to them while they were in the club and, and they even got saved and gave their heart to Jesus and walked out. I mean, God can speak anywhere at any time. Psalm 57, I'm waiting while you say amen. Psalm 57 tells us what the Lord did in David's heart while he was in the cave of Adullam and God strengthened him and encouraged him and prepared him while in that cave. Keep your finger here and turn with me to Psalm 57. Psalm 57, really quick. I need to hear some pages turning. Psalm 57. This is what David was thinking. This was what was on his heart, in his heart, while he was in the cave. How do I know that? Well, look at the foreword in Psalm 57. To the chief musician, set to do not destroy, a Meacham of David, when he fled from Saul into the cave. Here's what David was thinking. The Bible's telling us what his heart 
was saying. He might have been saying it out loud. I don't know. Sometimes it's good to talk to yourself out loud. That don't make you crazy. Now, if you start answering yourself back, that makes you crazy. And David's in this cave. He could have been speaking loudly, vocally, saying, be merciful to me, O God. And then when you're in a cave, that echo is going to come back to you. Be merciful to me, O God. So in Psalm 57, we see a couple things here. We see a humble heart from David. In verse 1, be merciful. Y'all come on, follow with me. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trust in you. In Psalm 57, we see a prayerful heart in David. Verse 2, I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. In Psalm 57, we see a realistic heart from David. Look at verse 4 and 6. My soul is among lions. They have prepared, verse 6, a net for my steps. In Psalm 57, we see a heart of trust and praise from David. Look at verse 5, verse 9, and verse 11. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above the, all the earth. Listen, God did this work in David's heart while in the cave, and that's why we shouldn't despise the days that we feel like we're in a cave. You know, sometimes we pray, go, get it, go back to uh, first, first Samuel. Sometimes we pray, God, get me out of the cave. God says, no, I'm going to do a work and I'm going to do the work that needs to be done while you're in the cave. So it's in the cave that God begins to do this new thing in David's life, something David himself could have never imagined. What's that, Pastor? God's going to make David the commander of the army of Israel. Look at verse 2. And everyone, notice who, here's David's in the cave. His family comes to visit him in the cave. Everyone... Who else comes? Everyone who is, underline this, distressed, everyone who is in debt, and everyone who is discontented gathered to him. David's probably thinking, oh, great. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. Then David went from there to Mitzvah of Moab, underline that, and he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and my mother come here with you till I know what God will do for me. And so he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Now the prophet Gad said to David, do not stay in the stronghold, depart and go to the land of Judah. So David departed and he went into the forest of Hareth. Now stop right there. Listen, everyone who was distressed, in debt, and discontent gathered to David and became, and he became captain over them, about 400 men. These men were the most unlikely to become mighty men of God. But these are the kind of people that God is looking for. God is looking for those who are distressed, in debt, and discontent. Get the, get the scene. Get the scene. David is in the cave, and his family walks in. It's probably good to see him. Then 400 stressed out, discontent, and in debt men come walking in behind them. <laughs> David probably looked up at God and said, you got to be kidding me. 
You got to be kidding. My army is made up of distressed, in debt, and discontent losers. These are the people that God is looking for. God, listen to me. God is looking for losers. Write that down. God is looking for losers. Are there any losers in the room? Some of y'all like, me, I, I, I don't know. That's what the Bible says. God's looking for those who are distressed in debt and discontent. God's looking for people who don't think more of themselves than they ought to think. I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called, but God has chosen what, saints? The foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen, come on, read it with me. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Why? that no flesh should glory in his presence. God is looking for distressed folk, discontent folk, and in debt folk. Now, this is a picture of the church. In some way, listen, everyone in this room is in debt, distressed, and discontent. Everyone in debt. I'm trying to get to my next point, but I got stuck right there. I actually just had to get a new air conditioner. That's kind of stuck me right there. In debt, maybe not to bills, but we're all in debt to the Lord. We're all in debt to the Lord. We all owe our lives to the Lord. So we're all in debt there. Every one of us are distressed. That means we're under pressure. We're all under the pressure of this world. Every one of us is discontent. That means bitterness of soul. We're all distressed. We're all in debt and we're all discontent. And we, like these men, gather around a greater than David, Jesus Christ, who transforms our lives and makes us into a crack army of spiritual soldiers for Christ. Alan Redpath said this, do you see the truth of which this Old Testament story is a graphic picture? Just as in David's day, there is a king in exile who's gathering around him a company of people who are distressed and in debt and discontent. He's training and preparing them for the day when he shall come to reign. These are the men that God chooses for David's army. In debt, distressed, discontent. These men become the seedbed, the beginning of a great army for Israel. Note, last thing, and then we move on. These men came to David when he was down and out. I like that. Because everybody in this room knows you can find a friend, plenty of friends, when you are up and doing well. Everybody want to hang around a winner. Am I right about it? Huh? Y'all need to get with me. Am I right about it? Everybody want to hang around a winner, but nobody wants to be around somebody who is in a cave, hiding from somebody else, down and out on their luck, lost everything, got no money, no wife, no job, no palace. You don't have a palace? <laughs> no palace? You don't have anything. 
People are reluctant to go hang around those kind of people. These men came and, and, and gathered around David when he was down and out, when he was at his lowest in a cave, not a throne. And just as much as God called David, listen, God called these 400 men. When God, listen to me, when God is calling a man, God is always calling others to gather around him. Always. Always. I'm not sometime. Always. I can honestly tell that's one measure. That's one way of knowing whether um, God is really calling you or not. Or has God really called you to pastor a church? You know, we were talking about that on Sunday a lot. Uh, to pastor a church or not? Has God sent people, men in particular? Yeah, I'm saying men. Okay, ladies? Yeah, men. God knows we need you. Don't, don't get lost. Just stay right here. Okay? We need you. There's a place. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about men that God uses for his kingdom and for in purposes of the church and he uses women too but that's not what i'm talking about right now god calls men around you i remember before coming here actually i'm like a journaler for those of you that know me you know i'm I'm like a journaler i keep a journal and um probably one of the few guys you'll ever meet to keep a journal but i keep a journal and uh i did actually way back 95 when god was speaking and I was, I, I thought either, look, this is either bad pizza or God is speaking. So, so I, I honestly got a journal. I'm like, I got to write this stuff down. This is too good. And I got to remember this. And I remember writing in my journal, God, if you're calling me, then you're calling men. Right? I, if God, if you're calling me, then you are calling men. I don't know where they're coming from. I've come to learn. They've come from all four corners of the United States. I've come to learn that. But I knew that God wasn't just calling me to North Carolina. We're coming on 20 years. I was telling somebody, I think yesterday or today, I'm confused now. But yesterday, that we're 20 years, 20 years. Nobody could have told me I would be standing here preaching for 20 years. Nobody could told me that. Okay, I'm already shocked and blown away that God even bothered to call. You heard me, bothered to call. I'm shocked. What? Who? 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 Me? Huh? But now we're 20 years later and I'm still standing here preaching? And let me tell you, I'll wait while you clap your hands. And I'm going to tell you something. It ain't always been easy. And if some folk had it their way, I would be in a cave in a doolum. <laughs> I'd be in a cave of refuge. I wouldn't be here. But if God opens the door, no man can shut it. <laughs> Y'all still hear me. I'm trying to teach you something, but listen. If God opens the door, no man can shut it. And if God closes the door, no man can open it. Go on, clap your hands. That's, that's amazing. Every time you say, God opened the door, no man can shut it. Yes! 
God shut the door. No man can open it. Every time, every time. Ask any pastor, they'll tell you, any pastor. God called David. God called these 400 men. And when God's doing the work, he will call men. Look at verse 3. David leaves the cave with the 400 men, and he went to Mitzvah of Moab. Mitzvah means tower or fortress. Question, why did David go to Moab? Well, keep in mind, his mom and his dad came to visit while he was in a cave. I believe David went to Moab because... Watch this. His great-grandmother, Ruth, was a Moabitess. And she lived in Moab. Ruth chapter 4, right about verse 18. And she lived in Moab. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.